sofas, recliners, love seats. Everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute. Who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, everybody. We are back in studio for Love It or Leave It, the rare studio edition. Some housekeeping. We're going on tour. There are still some tickets left for our Boston show on April 10th. Andrew Yang almost sold out. Yes. So Yang Gang, get your tickets now. Those are going to go. One night only, Yang at the Wang. So wow. just buy those tickets. And then we'll be in Texas on May 2nd, May 4th, and May 5th. Uh, May 2nd in Houston. Reminder, a lot of those are available. Can't get people in Houston out of their houses. Dallas and Austin, people want to see the show. They're pumped about it. Not a lot of tickets left. So get those too. But... Uh, Houston. Uh, go to crooked.com slash events to get your tickets. You could meet Elisa in person. Elisa has a look on her face like she doesn't give a shit. All right. Before we start the show, I'd like to talk about two things. One is the fact that people are starting to leak from this Mueller investigation. We thought they would. We hoped they would. They finally are, and they are angry. And we learned the Mueller team is quite surprised by the conclusions drawn by Attorney General Barr, and that they wrote summaries meant for the public at the beginning of each section, outlining the malfeasance and wrongdoing and criminality of the Trump administration. And they were stunned to discover that Bob Barr decided, Bill Barr? Bob Barr? Bill? Bill? Who gives a shit? (laughs) Rick Barr decided that he was going to overrule the 48-month investigation. I say this only because it's important, but Part of the reason they've been able to get away with this is because of the apparatus they have at Fox News that has managed to not only make a case to their base, but bully the rest of the media in calling this a huge success for Donald Trump. There was a New York Times story, very long investigation into the Murdoch family. And the reason I bring it up is because it's a really important story and everybody should read it. Secondarily, not as important, not a big deal. I'm in it. Um, (laughs) And... Look, it's not the first time I've been in the New York Times. And it's not the last time, because presumably at some point I'm going to (laughs) die. But uh, basically, I was at a very fancy dinner. I was seated next to someone named Catherine Murdoch. I saw the name Murdoch. I thought to myself, I'm going to talk to this lady about Fox News. We had a very uh, long conversation about Fox News. Turns out she is not as sympathetic to her family's media organization as you might expect. Anyway, this was all in this story, but basically she's like, well, you should meet Lachlan. I was like, I don't want to meet Lachlan Murdoch. I don't want to, I don't like, first of all, I don't have like a poker face. I'm not good at poker. I used to play poker when I was in DC with a lot of really smart people who were in the government. And at the end of the, every night, I just like, can I just pay $20 to you guys and we can like hang out? <laughs> like, I'll just give you the money and we can just hang out because I'm never, you're smarter than me and I don't know how to bluff. <laughs> So anyway, I think there are people that are better at being at like a party with those that they despise and saying, hello, how do you do? And all the rest. But like, I just start yelling and I don't know how to stop. And like, not in like a charming way, not in a way that's like, wow, he sure did get the better of that person. Like in a kind of obnoxious way, like just sort of interrupt people and just get really mad. But so anyway, 
I ended up meeting Lachlan Murdoch, and I just <laughs> wasn't like I said hello. Like I like to say something about Fox News. I just like I just blurted out, "You proud of what's happening on your network? <laughs> you proud of what's happening from eight to eleven? You think Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, and Tucker Carlson are good for the world?" And then he responded by saying something like, "Oh, you think everybody should be Rachel Maddow?" And then he turned around and went away. There's, we, there was some moment where he said, well, who do you like? What conservatives are acceptable to you? And someone else chimed in. I believe it might have been Catherine Murray chimed in. The point is, it's a very uncomfortable moment. And that's fine. That happens. I yelled at him. I felt very sweaty and uncomfortable. The moment was over. And then, uh, and it's in the New York Times. Again, no big deal. Something I'm used to. But then the Daily Mail finds the little section of the article in which I mentioned, and they do one of their picture posts where they take a lot of different pictures and write an insanely long (laughs) summary of this thing. Headline does not have my name. It does say Ronan Sparrow's boyfriend does X, Y, or Z. And honestly, that part doesn't bother me. All right, not having my name, being associated with someone else, being a plus one, that's cool. My life is basically a plus one world tour. I don't mind that at all. (laughs) Don't mind any of it, except when you click on the article... It said, here pictured is Lovett talking to Lachlan Murdoch at the party. It is not a picture of me. That's one. But there is a picture of me right below, which is a picture I took at a Boston uh, music festival in which they made me stand in front of one of those step and repeats. And I was not feeling very attractive. I was not interested in taking the photo. I should have not taken the photo. But it's basically a mugshot with my arms crossed in front of the Boston Calling Festival step and repeat where I look as bad as I've ever looked. So there's an article (laughs) that describes a conversation I had at a party. The headline is about how I'm someone's boyfriend. The photo with Lachlan Murdoch is one I am not in, and the only picture of me in the article is the worst picture I've ever taken. (laughs) we got a great show. (laughs) I am very excited about this panel. I'm looking at them right now. Their um, outfits are very well coordinated and they look really good together, and they're all-stars, just aggressively looking at the panel before I introduce them. She's a comedian, actor, writer, and co-host of the podcast, A Woman's Smile. Please welcome back, Patty Harrison. I appear. And we can, yeah. all my, huh? No, I, I designed the experience so that the mic would be up here, and I'm <laughs> screaming down here. They're a writer for Out Magazine, the Los Angeles Times, and they've contributed to publications such as HuffPost, Chicago Tribune, and the Baltimore Sun. Please welcome back Travel Anderson. Hi, Travel. Hello, how are you? I'm so good. Wonderful. How are you doing? I am here. Good. Okay. <laughs> He's a comedian, writer, producer, known for his work on Pen15, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Broad City, and he just announced today a new gay James Bond animated show on Netflix. Those have... Every single word of that description makes me excited. Every single one. Gay, James, Bond, animation, show, Netflix. Please welcome Gabe Liedman. Thank you. So good to have you. Oh my God. This is a long time coming. I, am, I cannot believe it, it took till 2019 it's to get you on this show. What's that about? I don't know. What's the meaning there? I don't there? know. I know. I'm thrilled to be here. Gabe. <laughs> what a panel. Look at this. I had to ask to be here. It's <laughs> a lie. And that's the world. That's the world. <laughs> Some people get asked. 
Some people have to ask. Some, yeah. Well, I you know. sent a lot of emails. I sent a lot of emails. I sent <laughs> many follow-up texts, and then there was no response, and then I finally just came here, and they said, you need to leave. And I said, are you going to move me? And then they let me in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and here we are. All right, let's get into it. What a week. Great. Great, great, great. <laughs> well, it's April of 2019. Spring is in the air. April Fool's jokes are behind us. The bad corporate ones, the good corporate ones that we're not supposed to think are funny, but even though deep down we found it a little bit funny, and maybe it's a little bit charming, like one day here we get a little puckish, you know? Even like McDonald's. <laughs> and because it is April, Democrats are running for president. The green rooms of CNN and MSNBC are packed to the rafters with candidates. They made John Delaney bring his own lav mic. Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan, most famous for challenging Nancy Pelosi, also joined the fray. He told a story of his daughter's friend's father losing a job uh, after a plant closure. Here's what he said. My daughter called me and she said, you got to do something. And I said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to run for president of the United States. (laughs) We're going to make sure this doesn't happen anymore, Ryan recalled. Fascinating true story. If my it's dad a very ever true said that, <laughs> <laughs> I would laugh in his face until I threw up if my dad ever said anything like that. That's insane. Uh, you're being unfair about a true story <laughs> that definitely happened, that definitely describes a moment between him and his daughter that happened in the world that really happened. <laughs> For sure. You know, before we did this show, uh, I wasn't even sure if we were going to do the show tonight. And then Pundit, my dog, came to me and she said, what are we going to do about corporate consolidation? And I said, we have to do something. We have to do an episode of Love It or Leave It. We also learned this week that Kamala Harris, who once smoked weed, announced she raised $12 million in the first quarter. Not to be outdone, Bernie Sanders, the old guy who saw a bird once, announced he raised $18.2 million in the quarter. Beto O'Rourke, who's going to hit his head on a ceiling fan one of these days, announced that he raised more than $9 million in just the last 18 days. People love giving him money. Mayor Peter, Tom and Baratheon Buttigieg is starting to be taken seriously, which means people dug up some old stuff about him, like how one time out of context he said the word all lives matter. Also, Frank Bruni wrote an op-ed in the New York Times called Pete Buttigieg is plenty gay, uh, which I didn't know was in dispute (laughs) and still believe is not. Elizabeth Warren, who is leaving her competitors in the dust on policy, proposed new corporate reforms, including one that would lead to criminal charges against CEOs when their companies break the law and hurt people. Elizabeth Warren has the incredible ability to come up with a policy and then all the other candidates say, me too, like when a woman has a good idea and a brainstorm and then a man just says the same idea louder. (laughs) Too true? Okay. And finally, Joe Biden was forced to release a video where he promised to stop smelling people's hair but refused to apologize for past hair smelling. He does seem to get that he has to learn that his hugs and physical contact, even if offered with the best of intentions, made people uncomfortable but seems not yet ready to say he's sorry. Also, in 2020 news, Howard Schultz blamed both sides for Trump threatening to shut the border. So that guy's still out there getting coffee all over the flag. (laughs) Travel, start with you. What is your 30,000-foot view of all these candidates announcing... Like when you saw today that Tim Ryan was announcing his candidacy, was your thought, finally, someone I can get behind? Or mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. Tim Ryan? Or mm-hmm. I didn't know more people were going to announce? Or when is this going to stop? It's entirely too many people running. I'm just like, at this point, it's like if you haven't announced and people are talking about Biden still potentially coming into the right, like, I don't care. Like, if you haven't announced yet, I feel like no one cares. Like, everybody just sit down go to the beach or something. I don't know. We don't need you running for president. I think if you don't beat Biden, you've missed your chance. You got to get in. Biden needs to shut the door behind him. 
You think this, so if he does it like tomorrow, no one else can I, announce? I think they missed their chance. Uh, I have a Stacey Abrams codicil exception. Like the court okay, we'll contract. Okay, we'll, we will accept Stacey, her. Stacey Abrams said that, that she might wait until the fall. I think that's kind of cool because I think there's a chance that like basically we're going to be here for the next six months and like every two weeks a different candidate is going to have a moment. Like there'll be the Delaney boom and like there'll be the Yang bang and then there'll be the like <laughs> – and then they'll all be stuck at 10%, and then Stacey Abrams will be like, hey. And we'll be like, hey. <laughs> uh, Patty, Joe Biden, mm-hmm. thoughts? I think he is a wonderful guy. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time with him, uh, <laughs> but the time that I have spent with him has been really warm, and um, I miss him. Gabe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Warren... Uh, has been once a week putting out a policy proposal that for any other campaign would be among the biggest proposals of that campaign. She's doing yeah. it once a week. on her. She did that on taxes. She did that on consolidation around ag. She did that on tech. She's doing it now on corporate reform. What do you make of that decision to try to be a leader on policy, to try to say, like, that is going to be my strength? It makes perfect sense to me. She is, like, dead serious, and her being in the race makes me... That's one of the things I like about her, is that she is someone who actually does shit, has a lot of fire, has been working for a really long time, so that's the strength of hers that I would lead with if I was advising her. Anything to get away from the one time in history that she stooped to Trump-level bullshit... I think just, like, stay classy, work hard. She's kind of the candidate for, like, people who want a serious fucking president already. Yeah. Um, so why not lead with that? There's also plenty of other people running that I would happily vote for. I just feel like Elizabeth Warren <laughs> I agree. Yeah. is, like... She's presenting herself as the serious candidate at this point. But, like, I don't think people care. Um, like, you mentioned that she's been doing this thing weekly, and that's the first time I've heard... <laughs> Of it happening. Yeah. <laughs> it is true that if her strength is going to be policy, she's making policy central to this campaign. Yeah, it like, is... I don't know if she's funny. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if she's cool. But I do know, like, if I had to describe her in a couple of words, it would be kind of presidentially type shit. I, I also think, you know, we get wrapped around the axle in terms of this conversation around electability. And mm-hmm. we don't really know what that means, right? People are like, oh, I want someone who can win. Obviously, we all want someone who can win. And they think often that becomes a proxy for saying, I just want somebody A, safe, and B, looks like presidents in the past, which is why you see people saying that someone electable, someone like Joe Biden, someone safe. But at the same time, you know, I also think one of the things we have said again and again is we don't know what it means to be electable, right? Donald Trump wasn't supposed to be electable. Here here we are. And so if you put aside electability, whatever that term means, you, the, what's left with is who do you want to be president? And I think she's going out there and saying, you fucking want me in that room. Like You want me to be the one making these hard calls. You want me the one uh, who's going to be your advocate. I think there's been a lot of questions about uh, whether or not she will catch on, but it's a long process. And I think their bet is... She's going to go talk to people. She's doing a great job on the ground. She's hired really good people. She's saying some of the smartest things about policy that over time she will slowly build up uh, support because she's out there saying, here's what I plan to do, and it's what you want someone to do. And it does seem like there's been a lot of conversation around we need someone to be bold. We need someone to really lay out a progressive vision that goes farther than what candidates have done in the past. And she's striking that balance between what Bernie has activated and what the establishment has sort of supported or kind of acceded to in the past. 
Patty, what do you make of this uh, Mayor Pete moment where people are really taking a look at this 37-year-old gay mayor from South Bend, Indiana? I think it's really incredible that um, people get really excited to see someone who, you know, supply and demand, you know, people can walk in and find exactly what they want in in him and that and then they go to I'm so sorry I'm describing a store <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of a store oh you were thinking of a store <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I see the I confused problem. him for a store you confused him for a store yeah I'm, re- I'm really sorry <laughs> <laughs> when we come back okay stop <laughs> Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Angels Envy. How can envy be a motivating force that inspires people? I don't know. I Maybe mean, look at look at Elon Musk. I mean, just you know, <laughs> envy makes the world go round. Envy and FOMO. That's basically it. That's a ba- yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's, the half, that's capitalism. <laughs> Envy is commonly regarded as a vice, but it can be a good thing. Envy can be a catalyst for creation, Ooh. inspiring the world to raise the bar. Okay. And Angel's Envy is a bourbon that is worth the envy. Yeah, I was wondering where we were going with this. Angel's Envy bends the traditional rules of whiskey. It's a little different from all other bourbons out there. This bourbon makes the perfect gift for any occasion. Angel's Envy are the pioneers of secondary finishing in bourbon and one of the first full production urban distilleries in downtown Louisville. With its unique bottle design, Angel's Envy bourbon finished in port barrels is sure to be the envy of any bar cart, too. Look for Angel's Envy bourbon finished in port barrels. Please drink responsibly. Copyright 2024 Angel's Envy bottled by Louisville Distilling Company, Louisville, Kentucky. And we're back. Now it's time for a game called OK Stop. But today's version is going to be a little different because it's about Brexit across the pond. Prime Minister Theresa May has been desperate to leave the EU with a deal, but everything she proposes has been roundly voted down. More and more, it looks like the United Kingdom is either headed for a no-deal Brexit, which would be horrible for the economy of the UK, or a second referendum to remain in the EU. We wanted to highlight just how chaotic things have gotten in the debate. If you want to comment about what's going on in the clip, instead of saying, OK, stop, today we're going to be saying, Oi, what's all this then? Other options were... uh, Hang on a minute. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. I'm not doing any more. Cancel the show. They're not going to let us do more podcasts after this. Let's roll it. Order. Order. Oi, what's on this end? <laughs> yes, Gabe? They all nodded and then took one tiny step in unison, like a little... I don't know what they're doing Dressage. over there. Yes. It was, it was kind of a syncope. horse dance. Syncope, syncope, it, what was it called? Syncope. It was synchronized <laughs> nodding and then one little proud step like a little pony who's in a show. That's what they do over well, there. I loved it. It's already, it's already seems so silly. It seems like a Skittles commercial. <laughs> it seems like something really silly is about to happen. <laughs> right. 310. The oh, it was all this then. <laughs> Look at her lanyard. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, she's proudly wearing a lanyard. <laughs> That's how they get her on Are, the floor. Am I stopping it too much? <laughs> no one said anything yet. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Left 310. You the eyes to the right, 310. The nose to the left, 310. Order. 
in accordance with precedent and on the principle Ooh, that important- it was all this end. <laughs> I'm sorry. He, I can picture this guy like at 11, 12 years old. This boss is a fat little bully. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I hate him. Wow. That's a lot, because so far all he's done is said, oh, dad. <laughs> and he does seem like he's about to kill William Wallace, though. Yeah. <laughs> Decisions should not be taken except by a majority. I cast my vote with the nose. Yeah! So the nose have it. Oh, I was so <laughs> Just before we move forward, I just have to clarify, is this Harry Potter? No, it's <laughs> we're not watching. Harry we're Potter. not watching Harry Potter. No, I know it sounds like Harry Potter because the <laughs> accent, but actually, it's a Parliament. None of them are magic. Their one uh, trick uh, might be destroying England. Okay, so I just got to stop you there. It's not a trick; it's a spell. Okay, it's a spell. <laughs> it's a spell. Sorry, I don't. Okay, if we're gonna watch Harry Potter, you gotta respect the world of Harry Potter. Okay, you can keep playing Harry Potter. <laughs> However, Brexit is already costing the UK around a billion pounds a week in lost growth. That fault lies with the Prime Minister, who is the architect of the withdrawal deal. So can she finally concede to the House? She is liable, responsible, culpable for the chaos which is the Brexit debacle and when she will be resigning. Oh, I was told this then. How great would it be if once a week Donald Trump had to get in that car, drive over to the House of Representatives, and just get fucking yelled at by Nancy Pelosi and <laughs> Steny Hoyer? That would be magnificent. And I love I love the rolling grumble, yeah. uh, the sort of building constant reaction to the person speaking. It's yeah. like the Rudy slow clap. Right. You know, it's getting me jazzed. Yeah, exactly. All right. Mr. Speaker, the only problem with the Prime Minister's answer is that her deal has been twice defeated in this House by, in one, in one case, Mr. Speaker, the okay, largest ever... I can't ever... do an accent thing, so I'm just going to say fish and chips. <laughs> Does that work? Yep, you can do it. Okay, I just wanted to point out... Well, you that didn't do it. Fish and chips? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out, like, the one black person is finally on screen. She's in the background. She's not speaking, but... We're there. <laughs> You're in the House of Commons. And she's wearing pink, so like she's got Made a little fashion it <laughs> It's part of their great tradition that when someone is speaking, everyone should be very rude. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is our government, and it's time to lead, which means being very rude to people you disagree with. Like, mm-hmm. interrupt them with, like, mocking tones and just be like oh <laughs> like like it is like we don't do that in the US no. and maybe it's a maybe it would help uh you know let off some steam if we do like way worse shit yeah we do like it's like <laughs> you know there was that caning around around the civil war but it's been a while since they caned anybody down there your government has lost a vote in our recorded parliamentary history so it's a bit strange when a Conservative Prime Minister says she doesn't want what the business community want. These are indeed strange times, Mr. Speaker. Oh, damn! Oh, I was all this then. <laughs> this guy, what a job. Uh. I went from hating him to loving him. What I love about this guy is he is 
in on the joke. He's got a smile on his face. He loves that this is his job. Does anyone know who he is? Is he a member of parliament? This old red screaming man is giving me life. (laughs) (laughs) Difference of opinion is of the essence of politics. There is an elaborate combination of finger-wagging and head-shaking going on. Oh, I was on this then. Difference of opinion is... (laughs) I also love the idea that he is yelling order, order at a group of screaming old people. And then decides to make a very complicated and sophisticated argument about the nature of politics. Like, oh, duh. Difference is what makes us great. We are all coming together to argue about what makes us different, and that's good. Right. Well, look, all the like blood vessels in his eyes are like burst. He's like, oh, the essence of... Everything all right over there? <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, we, we went to the same uh, acting school together. <laughs> and that's... Oi, what's all this then? <laughs> we come back. We're going to play a game about polls. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. And we're back! Earlier this week, the New York Times figured out a new way to make Donald Trump angry at them on Twitter. They ran a story by Annie Carney who obtained secret e-score ratings of the president and his inner circle. An e-score is not just when you buy drugs on Twitter. It's also a market research metric for celebrities and brands that lets Hollywood bigwigs and advertising twerps figure out who gets to be on TV and who is banished to a lowly podcast. The number is put together by ePoll and is based on polling that regular people do online in exchange for gift cards. That is not a joke. Unless you pay $17,000 a year for an e-score subscription, these numbers are normally private. But thanks to the New York Times, we can share some of this information with you all in the shape of a game called Don't Feed the Polls. I'm going to give the panel a word, and your job will be to figure out who was most likely to be described by that word based on e-score survey responses collected between 2016 and today. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Question one. Respondents in 2016 were asked whether or not they would describe a person as creepy. From highest percentage to lowest, who did they find most creepy? Donald Trump, Woody Allen, or R. Kelly? (laughs) What do you guys think? Who was the most creepy? Who was the least? I'm calling Woody Allen. You're saying Woody Allen is most creepy, Terrell? What do you think? I'm going to assume that the majority of the people that were polled were white. So I'm going to go with Woody Allen as well. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if they were black, it would be R. Kelly is <laughs> the point. No, I got it. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Who was the other person? Donald Trump. That one. And R. Kelly. So you said, you think it goes Alan, Trump, Kelly. What do you think, Patty? Uh, mine is slightly different in that I think it's Alan, Trump, and Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but Gabe. it's slightly different because it came out of my mouth. Right. No, I get it. <laughs> Gabe, what do you think? I'm in agreement. I think that sounds right. I think that's what most people would think. Close. <gasps> but not correct. 26% R. Kelly. 35% Woody Allen. 40% Donald 
Donald Trump. Whoa. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, he strikes me as a lot of horrific things, but creepy would not be the word. I mean, I'm, he's a fucking creep. <laughs> Look, I think you're making it very clear that you don't think he's creepy. You kind of like him. Look, did I vote for him? Yeah. <laughs> Will I do it again? Yeah. <laughs> but is he a creep? Yeah. <laughs> and a talented songstress. And a talented songstress. Absolutely. Question two. Rank the following in order of who was most often described as funny. Ivanka Trump, Emma Stone, the Geico Gecko. Three powerful women in Hollywood. <laughs> Everyone on earth think that Ivanka is kind of serious, right? Sure. Okay, good. And then... A uh, big toss-up between Geico Gecko and Emma Stone because they are the same age and weight. But <laughs> if it were up to my mom, my mom loves the Geico Gecko. Like, truly loves the Geico Gecko. I uh, recently gifted her a blanket with pictures of the Geico Gecko, Judge Judy, and Hugh Jackman on it. Because those are her three interests and her only three. But if it were up to America, I think that they probably think Geico Gecko, silly second, Emma Stone, uh, girl boss, yas queen, number one. <laughs> What do you think, Travel? I'm, I'm going to go with, wait, did you say Ivanka or Ivana? Ivanka. Ooh. That's the daughter, right? 100%. Okay, just checking. She's last. Um, and then I'm going to go with the gecko and then the Asian woman. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Geico, Emma, Ivanka. So you put Geico at number one. Yeah. That's what you do. Yes. Travel and Gabe, Correct. 52% say the Geico Gecko is funny. 36% say Emma Stone is funny. And coming in just behind is Ivanka Trump, who 1% of respondents believe is funny. Aww. That's funny. <laughs> it's the funniest thing she's ever been a part of. Question three. Rank the following in order of the percentage of respondents who said they disliked them a lot. Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Who do they dislike the most? Who do they dislike the least. This is most of America. This is the E-score respondents who wanted that gift card. <laughs> Including myself. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Sarah, Jared, Ivanka. Travel. Sarah, Ivanka, Jared. You're really putting me in a tough spot because you're basically asking me to rank uh, how much people dislike my acapella team. And <laughs> I know that they're listening to this. Um, that must be hard for you. I, it, it's very hard for me. I just said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sarah, Ivanka, Jared. You guys were not even close. Whoa. 20, <laughs> yep, that's how we know. 21% said Ivanka. 28% said Sarah Huckabee Sanders. 36% said Jared Kushner. Really? They just like that more people were likely him. to dislike him. I know. He's so likable. What a likable I just, figure. I'm so many people know who he is. Insane. Here we yeah. are. Here we are. You know, yeah. this is the world. People know who he is, and they're not interested. Who Famous. Was, who did people dislike more between Sarah and Ivanka? Ivanka is disliked the least. Yeah. That makes sense, in yeah. a way. Question four. Rank the following in order of the percentage of respondents who describe them as trustworthy. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Kellyanne Conway. Oh, God. And the prescription eyewear monopoly lens crafters. <laughs> lens crafters is first. Yes. You know what? I'm going to give it to you guys. <laughs> lens crafters yeah, is the obviously. most trustworthy of that group. People trust lens crafters more than they trust Sarah Huckabee Sanders, so that's close. But twice as many people describe lens crafters as trustworthy as Kelly Ann Conway. Yeah. 
People do not trust that Kellyanne Conway. She'll prove herself. Last question. <laughs> Who was the most liked from this group? Jared Kushner, Kevin Spacey after he was canceled in 2017, Love it. or Louis C.K. after he was canceled in 2017? Most liked. Most liked. Who got the most people to say, I like this person? I bet Louis. Yeah. Which sucks. I was going to say Kevin Spacey. Oh. Guess what, guys? It's a tie. 6% of people say they like Jared Kushner. 6% of people say they like Kevin Spacey. And 6% of people say they like Louis C.K. Wow. In other words, that is the company that Jared Kushner is currently ranked amongst. Lucky him. And that's our game. Yeah. We come back. The Rant Wheel. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. And we're back. Now it is time for the rant wheel. You know how it works. We spin the wheel wherever it lands. We rant about the topic. This week on the wheel, we have phone spam. Thumb drives, the impossible whopper, Herman Cain, cut and paste laws. We have people being rejected by Cats the musical. We have Tabasco at restaurants and Nipsey Hustle. Let's spin the wheel. It has landed on Herman Cain. Uh, it has been floated by Donald Trump that Herman Cain may be appointed to the Federal Reserve Board. This follows Donald Trump's decision to nominate someone named Stephen Moore to the Federal Reserve. Uh, the Federal Reserve is an incredibly important institution that uh, we don't talk about a lot in politics, in part because it has been uh, kind of reliably considered outside of politics. There are plenty of people who are critical of uh, the Federal Reserve and its policymaking. Federal Reserve is incredibly important in monetary policy. They help determine interest rates. They help determine how much cash is in circulation in the economy and how much cash is in circulation in the economy has a big effect on inflation versus deflation and on economic growth versus economic suffering, that there is this uh, delicate balance between having more money in the economy and not having inflation. And also there are those who say that the Federal Reserve is sometimes too restrictive about the amount of money in the economy, and that hurts the ability of the economy to produce jobs. These are the kind of debates we have about the Federal Reserve. But traditionally, we expect that the Federal Reserve will be filled with competent people, economists, nonpartisan people who are there to set policy, uh, not there to kind of score political points. And while there may be larger policy agreements about the role of the Fed, that has been reliably true, though they've been certainly deserving of criticism. People like Alan Greenspan, people like Ben Bernanke, they're people that have been critical of the role that they served at the Federal Reserve. But uh, what Donald Trump has done in nominating Stephen Moore, a notorious right-wing political hack who was wrong about everything, uh, who went from the club for growth to being somebody who... Uh, Basically, he goes on television to say crazy things about the economy. He wrote a particularly insane thing about how soccer is socialist and that boys shouldn't be allowed to play soccer with girls because it's bad for boys' self-esteem. That's the level of intellect we're dealing with. Traditionally, you'd appointed economists to the Fed. He has a, a master's in economics. That 
usually doesn't cut it. You really want someone with a PhD, uh, <laughs> someone to really put the time in, you know? I mean, look, we're all adults here. We know how easy you can get a master's. And, you know, a lot of masters you meet, they're not masters, you know? Herman Cain, most famous for his Looney Tunes presidential candidacy, his 999 plan, which sounded interesting because it had three nines in it, but didn't really make a lot of sense. Also had a lot of allegations against him uh, in terms of how he treated women. And again, who is not someone who traditionally would be appointed to the Federal Reserve. Uh, This is an incredibly dangerous thing. And, you know, we have seen Donald Trump put his mark on the courts with the help of Mitch McConnell and point an incredible number of appellate judges. He's got two judges on the Supreme Court, uh, including one uh, seat which was stolen from Merrick Garland. Uh, And now it looks like he's going to inject himself into the Federal Reserve. These are long terms as somebody who would be there for a long time. They have no business being there. Let's spin it again. It has landed on Rejected by Cats. Patty, I have a feeling this came from you. Cats, the musical, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, masterpiece uh, is being adapted, let's use that, um, into motion in picture form. And casting has been underway for a while, and I think that they're pretty close to wrapping the film. And, you know, as soon as I found out, uh, I found out with my friend uh, Mitra Johari, and we were both cats... Uh, fanatics. I guess you could call us cat fanatics. And um, we really, really, we thought it would be a great opportunity. Like, who else deserves just a spot in this incredible film than than us? Because we'd really put in the work. We both have taken, well, no dance classes, but I can, I used to be able to do the splits. And Mitra has done an aerial before, not to completion. Um <laughs> And so Ariel is a handless that, cartwheel. Mm-hmm. Um, so she fell? Hmm? <laughs> so she fell down? I don't remember. Okay. Um, and we pushed not very much at all to be in the movie. I think I tweeted about it twice. Uh, and then a Vulture was nice enough to let us write an article that was like, hey, can we be extras in Cats? And it was met with radio silence um, from the production, from the cast, from the crew, especially, uh, and the characters themselves. None of the actual characters responded. Andrew Lloyd Webber has not responded. You haven't heard from Mr. Mistopheles. Mr. Mistopheles and I are actually very close, and but we don't talk about it in a way that I said I would never use his status as Mr. Mistopheles to gain access to the universe of cats. It's like, you know, if you're like an actor and you're dating a director, you don't want to like have that nepotism there. Mm-hmm. That's our relationship. But we do have like really rough bareback sex all the time. Um, and that's our agreement. Uh, and we've been doing that for over 35 years. Um, sure. And I think it's like a, a failure it's a systemic failure that neither I nor Mitra were made extras in Cats. I think we're both really great. Anyone who knows me sees that, like, I can really open my eyes really wide like cats do when, like, you startle them. Like, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I cry a lot because of this. I think it sucks ass. Thank you, Patty, <laughs> for sharing that. Thank you for giving me a platform. Let's spin it again. It has landed on Nipsey Hussle, which was suggested by Travel. 
So, for those who aren't aware, Nipsey Hussle died earlier this week um, after being shot randomly in South Los Angeles. For the whites that are listening that don't listen to rap, Nipsey Hussle is a rapper. Um, Not to be confused, as I did, with Nipsey Russell, who died in 2005. And so, Nipsey Hussle died earlier this week. And as people have been talking about Nipsey and, like, you know, trying to honor him, there have been some people, particularly Black LGBTQ people online, who've also shared that, like, you know, yes, he died and, like, no one deserves to have their life taken from them. But, like, in life, he was actually pretty homophobic, right? And so if Black LGBTQ people don't want to, you know, uplift somebody who wasn't looking to uplift them in life, then, like, that's okay. And, like, there's been this back and forth about the ways in which to like allow people to grieve and about the appropriateness of bringing up that he probably didn't care about LGBTQ people um, based on things that he has said. Black LGBTQ people are able to feel however the hell they want to feel about Nipsey Hussle. Um, and if that in some way conflicts with how you would like to remember him, that's totally fine. But like this thing that we do when people die of like sanitizing their legacies and only remembering the good parts truly like betrays who that individual was and actually robs them of whatever potential there was for growth and atonement for whatever bad things they've done. How we, when we remember Martin Luther King Jr., no one talks that about him being, you know, a horrible misogynist and cheating on Coretta, right? I think this is just important for us to, as we remember people, that we remember their full beings and their full selves. And if that means remembering that somebody was homophobic or transphobic or whatever the case may be, in remembering their full selves, what you do is you give space for whatever potential that they had to grow. You give space for whatever potential and atonement that they may have experienced and had not yet expressed. Um, And for people who choose to remember Remember those who have died in that particular way by remembering their full selves. There's not a problem with that. If you want to go remember only his good things that he did for, you know, black people in South L.A., that's totally fine. But we should keep in mind that he didn't really care about uplifting all black people. I'm done. Let's spin it again. (laughs) It has landed on Tabasco sauce at restaurants, something that I am very excited about because it is Gabe's suggestion, and I am hopeful that we're on the same page. Why is Tabasco the go-to hot sauce that every restaurant gives you when you say, do you have hot sauce? It's so bad. And we're living in a post-sriracha reality. There are so many hot sauces that literally everyone has heard of. I don't get how Tabasco wiggled its sour little ass in there to be the ketchup of hot sauces when it's objectively worse than every other one. All hot sauces taste different. And like I like the sort of Frank's or Crystal hot sauce like vinegary, salty, hot, hot sauce. Mm-hmm. But there's the gloopy Asian hot sauces. There's Cholula. There's hot sauces from all around the world that we've all heard of. Every supermarket chain has their own generic version of all of these things. Tabasco tastes like something from a fifth grade science room. I am with you 100%. Um, I'll go a step further. Uh, 
I don't understand how Tapatio has gotten the kind of exposure it's gotten because I also think it is an inferior hot sauce. Um, it tastes exactly like Tabasco, but yeah. So Crystal's to me is just better Tabasco. Yeah. So why is anyone messing with Tabasco? Even the green... Green Tabasco is great. Green Tabasco is delicious. However, what is frustrating about it is it A, tastes better, but B, it's called milder. And my problem with yeah. red Tabasco sauce is not that it's too spicy. It's not. It's that you get the spice plus that Tabasco flavor. Obviously, Cholula... Yeah. Is fantastic. Yes. I like Cholula. I want that to be the main option. Nice and salty. Some vinegar in there. Delicious. And now I'll say something else controversial. Sriracha, I think it really got lucky because <laughs> yeah. it stepped in at a moment where people were looking for something. Yeah. Good. They were seeing Tabasco everywhere. They said, I need something else. I need something better. In comes Sriracha. I agree. You know, in a black and white world, yeah. in comes Sriracha in a color. Sure. But there are better colors. Yes. Cholula colors. Yes. I love Cholula. Love yeah. Cholula. I'm so glad. What if we were not on the same page? I don't know what would happen. I'll say this about Cholula. I think that wooden little top is precious. It is. And by the way, it's non-functional. There's a plastic cap on it. Yeah, that. it's and bullshit. Some, and sometimes, and you and you too aggressive with that Cholula cap, all of a sudden the wood is gone. <laughs> and now you just got this dinky How plastic many cap. trees have died? For these little for caps. ornamental But maybe, cap. maybe yeah. you know what? We should respect what Cholula did because that little wooden top said, we're authentic. Yes. We're real. <laughs> this is something that you can trust. Absolutely. That comes from... Maybe you're going to put it down on the table and it's going to roll off and hit the ground. That's Maybe. Fun. And yeah. that's part of it because, like, this wasn't made by a corporation. Right. This was made by, like, a family that, like, carves the wood into a circle and closes <laughs> it up and seals it and ships it right to you, knows you by name because that's what Cholula is. It's something made yeah. for you by a family. So fuck Tabasco. <laughs> Listen to yourselves. <laughs> what the hell are either of you talking about? Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Stupid fuck. Shut up. Enough. <laughs> Let's spin it again. It has landed on the impossible whopper. Um, it was announced that Burger King is considering rolling out a vegetarian version of the Whopper made with impossible meat, which is that plant-based meat alternative that mm -hmm. tastes a lot like meat. Now, a couple points. One, impossible meat gets all the flash, it gets all the pizzazz, it gets all the headlines, but quietly just doing its job, working hard, not looking for all the credit, is beyond burger. And I think it's better. That's point number one. Just throwing that out there for people. Point number two. I think it's great. I'm excited about a vegetarian burger. Uh, Are because you a vegetarian? Hell no. Uh, and I don't say hell no like hell no being a vegetarian is, is lame. I say hell no, I don't have the good qualities right. that allows me to successfully be a vegetarian. Like I find myself saying, you know what? I'm going to try to be vegetarian this week. And by the time I get to the part of the word week with an eek in it, there's prosciutto in my mouth. <laughs> you know, like I just can't make it. And actually, there was a, a, a stretch where I was successfully vegetarian and it ended with a kind of meat explosion mm. um, in which I like because I didn't eat a lot of red meat for a very long time, especially growing up. And then once I went through a vegetarian phase at the other end of it, I, I just saw meat in a whole new and exciting way. There is a criticism, however, because here's the thing. 
Every once in a while, I'll say to myself, I'm going to get myself a Beyond Burger. But really, it's just a terribly unhealthy meal with a Beyond Burger. But the announcement from BK, from the king, said that it was a option for people who want to have a burger every day, but don't no. want to have meat every day. No. And it's like, we can't eat McDonald's and Burger King every day, people. It's killing us. That's point number one. Point number two, <laughs> they announced that they're going to roll out the Impossible Whopper in the St. Louis area at about, I think it was 53 Burger King locations in the St. Louis area. Vegetarian capital of the nation. <laughs> Listen, I love this country from sea to shining sea. All right. But I've been to the Midwest. Let's start in L.A. <laughs> Let's start in New York. I'll give you Chicago, maybe. I mean, Miami. But we're starting the vegetarian burger craze in St. Louis. I want you to succeed, Burger King. I want these impossible burgers. Question. Hit me. Who still eats Burger King? Okay. So that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I don't know why anyone is choosing Burger King over McDonald's. I don't get it. I also believe Burger King made a fundamental mistake. I'm going to say 98 when they went through their um, experimental new French fry phase. Does anybody remember this? Does anybody remember their fry change? Basically, Burger King decided they were going to innovate on their French fries with a kind of a thicker coating. Like a battered fry. They ruined them. It never repaired. It never got better. The Burger King fries were good. Fries were never their problem. Okay? And they ruined their fries. That's one. Two, they briefly had a chicken parmesan. Why? I'm in the market for a fast food chicken parmesan. You can't have fast food tomato sauce. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that they did blow it. But anyway, Impossible Whoppers, I'm into it. I'm very excited about it. I love the fake meat craze. I want meat growing in labs. I want plant-based meat that looks like meat and tastes like meat but doesn't come from cows. Very excited about it. Let's end on a high note. (laughs) You know what? This is a fucked up time. Let's call it what it is fucked up all right a lot of bad news got the attorney general saying the president's cool we got mitch mcconnell confirming judges so fast they don't have enough fabric to make robes but chicago just elected Lori lightfoot a progressive lgbtq black woman the first in chicago's history one of the first openly gay mayors of of america's largest cities there have been some others who have noted quite publicly like hey don't forget me and you know we won't, all right? But it's pretty cool that Chicago is making this change, and it's pretty exciting that Lori Lightfoot just won this race. And so, you know what? At a time when we look around and we see villains all over the place, when Pundit is ready for this show to be over because it's 130 degrees in the studio, it's nice to know that we are electing progressive women, women of color in Congress, in places like Chicago, because uh, in the long run, we're going to win, you know? I think that's cool. And that's our show. I want to thank Pundit the Dog, Patty Harrison, Travel Anderson, Gabe Liedman. I want to thank everybody for coming out. I want to thank Nancy Pelosi. Have a great night. It's so hot in here.
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 